Welcome to the Culture Builders podcast channel, looking at how individual and team performance builds strong cultures. Hosted by Jane Sparrow and Chris Preston. You are listening to a deep dive episode. I'm joined with my colleague and buddy, Owen Cook, this week, and the subject for this podcast is values and behaviours. So before you switch off and assume that you either don't want to hear or think you know it, we've got a lot to say on this subject, and some of it's probably going to challenge what you've got on your walls and on your mouse mats at the moment. So Owen, good to have you with us. Thanks very much, Chris. Great to be here as always. Okay, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. What's your favourite value and why? Oh... Crikey. Um, To be honest, it's a combination. Um, One of the organizations I've been working with recently is called Elder, and their three values work as a sentence, but they also are quite kind of challenging. So they are seeking excellence together for our society. So it kind of, it's something that I feel is really powerful, but it's also connected across the three. And so they're also very active, right? So seeking excellence isn't something you can do just by kind of going, okay, yeah, that's done. And together is all about the fact that they are trying to change the way something's done. And for our society piece, it kind of sets that unattainable ambition. You know, this is about something bigger than just us and about our company. So I feel like as a set of three values, they work really nicely. Yeah, I'd love that, the fact that you probably read those and gulp slightly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly. a slightly daunting thing. And it brings us to one of the, the big points that we make around values particularly is so many organisations choose them and set them as very static items, don't they? They do, yeah. I mean, I remember working with an organisation that set passion, learning and collaboration as three of their values. Now, anybody who reads those three words can go, yeah, they sound great. But at the same time, they are things that people can just go, yep, got that. Or at the worst, they could weaponize them and they can be like, can you help me with this? No, I'm too busy. Oh, well, you're not being collaborative. Yeah. And now I'm going to go and tell on you. Yes. Now, I, I have an allergic reaction to the word collaboration. And Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> it's Collaboration is the word. Whenever we work with an organization where they want as to help them create values the first thing i want to say is whatever happens you will not have the word collaboration in that set because we mislabel it and we use like you just said we use collaboration as a way to sugarcoat work that someone needs to do that they shouldn't be doing or we need a favor for true collaboration absolutely i, I agree but it shouldn't be a value because quite often all you're seeing people doing is cooperating but you see it and there's some really easy wins and and it's a story that's often repeated, which is the most famous set of values are respect, integrity, communication, and excellence. Mm-hmm. Now, they're, they're a nice set of words, and many big organizations will have them written somewhere. That particular list came from Enron. Yeah, whose leadership yeah. went to jail for fraud, yes. right? <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure they were living the integrity or the respect part about it. So the, this idea about static values, it... it they're okay, you know, they'll, they'll tick a box, mm. but better still, how do you make them act? So you asked me what my favorite is. I'm going to ask you either what your favorite is or how do you change something that's static into active or... So I've told you the one I don't like, which is collaboration. Yeah. 
nothing against collaboration, I keep must say that. My favourite value I ever heard was be the train, not the caboose. And okay, you're going to need to explain that one. <laughs> yeah, so it's a good one. Um, what it's saying really is be the, the pull, not the push, or the, the person that gets dragged along. So you think about a train. At the front of the train, there's the engine doing all the hard work yeah. in terms of the, the momentum. Right at the back of the train is the caboose. Now, caboose is an American phrase that probably doesn't translate as well, but it, it's the last car, and it would it gets dragged along. So if you're in a team or an organization and you're the caboose, you're constantly being drawn along. Mm. And I, I love that because it's a really rich phrase. Now, it won't work for every organization, mm. and I think this is the challenge. And your point, for me, it that is an example of a progressive. So I'll, I'll step back to that, but... Values can be th- one of three things. They can be static. So we talk about integrity. And you said it, didn't you? I've got integrity. Yeah. So yeah we'll nod at that Check one. Check. Done. Yes. Yes. That's, that's static. Yeah. Everyone goes, oh, of course, yes, integrity. But then the ste- next, how do you make it active? Well, you turn it into something that you do. So then the next phrase is work with integrity. That suddenly mm-hmm. starts to think about, okay, so work with. So bring it in. Use it. That's active. Then progressive is where you set yourselves a challenge. So, for example, it could be find new ways to bring integrity into our daily lives. There's a longer one, Mm. and people balk at longer value statements, but actually it's not the word, it's what you do with it, how you unpack it. And I will point to Zappos as a great example. If you go and look at Zappos' values and statements of how they work, they're really long-winded. And there's loads of them. <laughs> but people live them because it's not a memory game. Mm. It's an, an alignment and an action game with values. And you've got a great story about the, the bold, haven't you? About the bold? The, the 4 a.m. bold. 4 a.m. bold? Oh, my God, Chris, you're going to have to prompt my memory because <laughs> I probably do. But for whatever reason, those two words are not. No, sorry, it's not bold. It's daring, isn't it? Oh, 4am daring. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, now, now you've got me right. Okay. Yes. So, um, a guy called John in a warehouse, 4am loading lorries with frozen food for a distributor, a logistics company in the UK. And I'd been asked to speak to him. And so I was chatting away to him and asking his opinion of the recently launched values and behaviors because the organization had done it internally and then they'd realized it wasn't quite getting the traction they wanted. So they asked for some help. And I asked the question and John just started laughing. And it wasn't a cruel laugh. It was genuine, like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with this word. And it was dare. And the three values they launched were care, share, and dare, which are active words, singular, but they are active. But he was obviously not having a problem with care and share because they made sense to him. He could see what that looked like in his role. Care about your work, care about the people around you, share the responsibility, share the load, share your ideas, whatever it might be. But dare, he was just like, this makes no sense whatsoever to me. And the thing was, was all they really meant was be a bit bolder, be a bit more daring. Mm. You know, actually challenge something if you think it's not working or if it could be better or if you think there's something wrong. And when you started asking the question about, well, when have you seen somebody in your kind of area of the business do something and you went, ooh, that's a bit risky. And all of a sudden, they had loads of ideas come out, loads of stories about people doing things. Like, well, that's what dare looks like. And I think that's the big thing is you can have a very active or progressive value like the ones you shared a minute ago, 
But even with those, you need to let people contextualize it into their local environment. What does it look like for me, my team, what we're doing, the challenges we face? Because you can bet being daring looks very different for John in a warehouse than it does to somebody in marketing, than it does to somebody in finance. And they actually need to make sense of it for them. Because if they don't, it's going to be meaningless. The reason, I mean, you mentioned Zappos. I love Zappos. And there's loads of stories. If if you're listening to this podcast and you want a great afternoon, go looking for Zappos customer service stories because there are hundreds. Mm. But that's the point. They all have heard those long-winded values and behaviors, but they're attached to stories. And it's the stories we remember. You know, we remember the the three blind mice. We remember Goldilocks and the three bears. We remember all these different things because they have meaning behind them. They teach us something, but also they have a visual that we picture and it attaches to an emotion. And when you hear a great story, that's what kind of comes through for me. It's the emotional connection, which means people are then, when they're in a situation like that, they're able to go, ah, I remember something like this and I know what's expected of me. And I think WestJet actually have some great examples of that. Yeah. I, again, if you're bored or you, you want to follow <laughs> this one up, Google WestJet because they are they bring it to life. Mm-hmm. And you're making a point there about customization and localization. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a, there's a bravery there required, which is when you set the values and behaviors at the center, mm-hmm. quite often there's a determination to make sure they survive pristine to the edge of the organization. Yeah. So you go to the nth degree to create content and guidelines and and so on, and it doesn't work. And a slight aside, but it links in. Again, I'm going to cast your mind back here, but a few years ago, you and I worked on a project that, which was embedding a problem-solving uh, process in a large organization. Mm-hmm. So we did loads of training, do you remember? Yeah, And it was really good stuff. We loved it. Yeah. But we then we had a group of people come across from india and we trained them on it and they lapped it up and they took it away and then a few months later we got a call do you remember the call that said have you seen what they've done to it they've ruined it yeah it was somebody from the uk who'd visited the team yes. in india and they came back and the first thing they did was call us and go right you need to straighten those people yeah, out because they'd applied a we're going to the moon story hadn't it and they'd redone all the imagery and they'd used pictures of rockets and spaceships and the moon and our main contact was horrified you know they've damaged it they've ruined it and we sort of we looked on bemused and said well how are their performance figures around this and there's that that pause wasn't there while he looked and he said they're better than anyone else's exactly right (laughs) so they are doing better and it didn't matter, did it? It didn't matter if they used our beautiful, simple corporate imagery or if they used the much stronger, locally relevant man on the moon. So that's the thing with values and behaviours is it doesn't matter what necessarily they look like or how they're spoken about at the ground level as long as they're lived. Yeah. And the difference is, is when you help people understand what they look like, what they really look like, and not just to them, but to other people in the organization too. So cross-sharing of stories from different teams, departments, levels of the hierarchy. That's when people start to really understand them on the visceral level. And what it makes me think about is and anybody who's worked with us or listens to podcasts will probably be tired of hearing about the three pillars by now. But the thing is, is a lot of organizations start the values and behaviors with the tools, what we use, not with the beliefs. Why are we here? What are we here to do? How should we be behaving? And then the behaviors, what does that look like in action? What are we actually doing day to day in the way we work with each other, with our customers, et cetera? They start with the, the tools. 
They create the posters, the mouse mats, the screensavers. They create comms packs. They create workshop toolkits, which are great as long as you are helping people to understand what things look like and why we're doing this in the first place. So that's why when we are helping an organization to craft values and behaviors from the start, from the outset, the first thing we do is try and get under the skin of, well, what do your people think of the culture today and where it is and where you're trying to get to? Because as you said earlier, values and behaviors should challenge us. They shouldn't just be an affirmation of what you are today. They should challenge us to be better in the future. And then once we've got that belief and that kind of common understanding, we then have to go into that localization mode. And then we create the stuff that supports it long-term as the tools. And I just think so many people start at the wrong end of that. And it reminds me of one of the pieces of feedback after the HR network was somebody coming up and saying, really enjoyed that talk on values and behaviors. I just called one of my colleagues and asked them to stop putting posters up on the toilet doors. No, I'm gonna so I'm gonna come back to the HR network because there's an important I think story there. But I just want to say I'm a big preponent of posters on the back of toilet doors, but not values posters. Okay, and having worked in internal comms, I know that there's a golden two minutes where you get people and they aren't looking at their phones while they're on the toilet. So this is why internal comms you'll often see notices, but not values. I think a moment of interest is good. Not a moment of value. HR network. Yeah. You during the session you shared a set of values and behaviours, didn't you? I remember. Did. And we there were ones that we created based on some of our best practice, but also a little bit of challenge. And we put some quite progressive things in there. Mm. And you did an exercise where you gave out spinners that have got those values on, and That's people right. played with them, didn't they? And they had a conversation and there's a few things to pull out. One, you couldn't stop people talking because you, you asked them a question about where, how would you bring, how have you seen these values work in your organization? Mm. And they loads of stuff came out and people would not stop talking. Yeah. So the point there is actually those weren't values created for their organization, but straight away through the interpretation of the exercise, they made them fit, Yeah. which is you know, it's interesting because we go into organizations and people are so fixated on getting those words right aren't they you know we've got to craft them we've got to go through the nth degree of approval Mm -hmm. and what it proves is it's not the words it's the intent and the activity with them but the other point as well is how many people came up to us and said can i keep these yeah because i really like them and i want to use them in my organization not the spinners but the values Mm -hmm. because values they're global there'll never be a value that we won't agree with if it's a true value and a positive value it's what's right for the time, but also it's that action, isn't it? It's that activity yeah. rather than... Well, you said they want to keep them because of the values. They did also love the novelty of having a spinner. <laughs> so, But that's part of the thing. So we, I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris, but I think we first developed the spinner for, was it Costain? Or, and then we've used that kind of approach in a couple of other organizations. And every single time we use them, you have leaders and managers and, and even just members of teams come up and say, can I keep one of these? I want to go and talk to my team about this, mm. which means they are now doing the pulling. They're the train, not the caboose. Yes. Thank you. Well, yeah, you're right. Costain, very progressive in this area. And what they wanted to find a way of making happen was that you could understand different values and different behaviors put together. Mm. Because what you often get is several of them at once, don't you? Yeah. I don't walk in today and say, right, I am going to work with passion. You <laughs> walk in and you face a whole gamut of things and you face situations. So the question is, 
if during a, a customer interaction I get passionate, how do I also make sure I'm inclusive so that that passion spreads and brings people in? And what you start to create are the scenarios that we all face. And what then happens is by talking about it and thinking about, so in that situation I would do X, mm. when the actual situation comes up, you're primed and ready to live the values. Yeah. No one's sitting there in a meeting thinking, I've really got to squeeze integrity in right now. No. <laughs> so so one th you've, you've triggered a memory for me here, and it's quite a recent one, but it wasn't in my head when we started recording. So forgive me if this is a bit fumbled, but... Um, an organization that I won't name that I'm working with at the moment have recently been crafting their values and behaviors with us. And one of the things they took as an approach was to think about their customer journey effectively. And so the values and behaviors, I, I won't give the full phraseology because I can't remember it, but the first one is around ambition and being ambitious mm. and driving ambition both for themselves and for their customers. And that's what they have at the outset of a new piece of work is they want to make sure that ambition is baked in from the start. When they then go into the room with people, they want to be relatable and honest and authentic. So they're thinking about the journey of their work and what they try and take their clients and customers through. And they're thinking about what might be the most important things for them to hold on to at each moment. But that doesn't mean they drop the ambition halfway through the process. It might be that's the flair at the start is the ambition. But the ambition has to stay there throughout, particularly if challenges come up. What's the best way we could solve this? What would be the most impactful way to do something here? So I, th I think it's really interesting that values and behaviors should challenge us, but also they have to work with our context in a way. And I like that idea of thinking about if we're going forwards and we're being successful, what are the things that are going to be most useful to us, most valuable to us in those moments? And one of the other things that we do as best practice is linking into that is make sure that we create balanced values. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, not necessarily based on numbers, but based on context. So let's give you an example. So it could be that we set three values and it's entrepreneurial, passionate and inspiring. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now they are, they're, they're static. I recognize that, but just for, for ease of use, what you're missing then is the soft side. Mm. and the, almost the dampener against them because those three words you could absolutely take them too far and what you've got to put in there is the human side of things mm. so when we do values we're thinking about what's the yin and the yang what's the driving ambitious exciting value that's tempered by the human the personable the caring side of the value that makes sure that while we we're going out and getting new business or we, we're creating new ideas and we're racing around being innovative, mm. we're also making sure we're treating each other as, as decent human beings as well. So that we're describing what we want to see in a microcosm with mm. a few words, but it should unpack. Because if we dash down the entrepreneurial route, mm. we could go too far and forget we're actually dealing with individuals and mm. lose sight of that. So they're, they're kind of it's that cautionary tale, isn't it, that the yin and the yang says, which is focus too much on one side and there's a deficit. Yeah, and no business can just focus inwardly about its people, but it has to balance the two. Well, you're making me think of Costain again, where they've got a balance of things like ambition and innovation with caring mm. and safety, health and safety, right? They're in construction and infrastructure. So there's a huge balance in their values and behaviours between those different kind of aspects of what's important to them. And it tells their people. You know. Scottish and Southern Energy did that really well. We, Go on. So Scottish and Southern Energy, their retail... Um, part of the business was recently acquired by Ovo mm. and at the time we were um, we were 
auditing both organizations in terms of the culture so we could understand how they would join together. Mm. And I went into an, a Scottish and Southern Energy office, it's a bit of a mouthful, this is SSE, and I was walking down the staircase and a stranger stopped me and told me off. And he said, you've got to hold the handrail. I said, what? You've got to, <laughs> you've got to hold the handrail. Okay, so I held the handrail. And then on the way out, I noticed every car had reversed parked into the space, apart from me. I was the outlier. And of course, talking to someone afterwards, they said, well, one of the big values in SSC has always been safety. Mm-hmm. So you start most team meetings with a conversation about safety, and you, it is your personal responsibility. So the person telling you to hold the handrail mm-hmm. was taking an action to make you safe. Yeah. And the reason we reverse park into spaces is it's safer for pedestrians that we don't have to reverse out mm. because that's the more dangerous thing. So they they become embedded. Now the challenge for SSE was how they tempered that with the other values because safety was such a big thing mm. that sometimes it occluded the other values. And it's it's that's how you almost bring them in on a rotational basis. And sometimes we advise teams, if you've got an organizational values and behaviors, don't try and eat the elephant and do them all at the same time. Take one, discuss it, think about what it's, why it's important for that team and agree one or two pathfinder things that you could do to bring it to life. Do that for a few months and then think about do you move on to the next one or keep going? Because it doesn't matter. In a big organisation, if every team takes a value and works on it, you've got progression and that's all you want. Well, you're making me think as well about the longer term here. So I love that you know, BBC Studio Works, when they introduced new values and behaviours, one of the things that we were doing with them was saying, let's get everybody thinking about it. So have them each just pick one and kind of look at that as an objective, something around their personal development. What do they want to do longer term to make sure they embody that one? But we didn't measure them against that in the first year. But when the second year was approaching, we said, right, now you've got to choose one. Firstly, we want it to be one that you're really struggling with or that you struggle to embody as much as the others. And secondly, you now need to put a target against it. What what action are you going to take that's going to really live and breathe that value or behavior? And that then starts to bake it into the fabric of the organization, which is then when things start to become automatic over time. Yeah. And I'm going to misquote lit- <laughs> lit- literacy here, but values should be written on water. Ooh, I quite like that, but say a little bit about it. It's either on Byron or Shelley's tombstone. Is it really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so somebody drop us a message and let yes. us know which one. Which or we can Google it afterwards. Or it could be a third one, but <laughs> I, I believe it was a, a name that's written on water, and the point is it won't last. And values shouldn't last in that sense. And the worst thing you can do is put a lot of money and effort into chiseling them into stone, mm. either metaphorically or literally in some organisations. Because what you want to do is to constantly refresh them and think, okay, so we kind of, you know, we're really working well on that one. Let's keep the activity going, but let's now move and think about, so the next focus is this. Mm. Let's do this. Let's think about what's the next season's values that move us forward. Because what you're doing is you're adding capacity and capability to an organisation. So if you're just focusing on three values, then eventually you become stale. Mm. And you don't say, right, those are all gone now. We're no longer worrying about those. What you say is, let's add something new into the mix. Mm. And it's that idea of that salera, isn't it? That you never actually drain the values. You just top them up and add new flavour to them. So make them active, make them fizzy, make them almost like people are anticipating what the next one is. 
Mm. Um, in our sister company, Tuddle, uh, we've got four values. So uh, the first one is lateness. The second one is faff. And the third one is nonsense. Because we, we decided that's what we seem to typify more than anything else. Then we've got the fourth one, which is whatever fits the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, a, it's a running joke, but there's, a, there's an mm. element of truth in it, which the first three, everyone remembers and everyone lives, even though we don't want them to. But the fourth one says, in the moment, do the right thing. Yeah. And I think, was it, there's again, my memory's terrible, but the famous organisation, I believe it's something like, I think it might be Netflix or Zappos, their manager handbook mm. pretty much just said, do the right thing. And most HR people listening now will be turning green at the thought of that. Mm. But do the right thing is a value, isn't it? That's pretty much what we're saying all the way through. For the moment, do the right thing. And we're giving a framework and a stepping stone to get there mm. rather than the, these are the three things to do right. Well, I'm, I'm, I think we should close soon. Yeah. And I think way we, the way we should close is you should, uh, on the essence of do the right thing, tell that story about the advert you saw recently because I thought when you told me that the other day I thought that was brilliant so closing the loop in terms of we're back to integrity pretty much um, and we're also into the thing of doing the right thing and doing something that's very active yes you're right I'm I'm very visual so quite often when you see the word integrity what you tend to see is a picture of a middle-aged older white man in a business suit with a tie looking very assured, you know, I'm, I've got integrity. <laughs> That's not integrity. So the video I saw recently, and again, I've, you Google it, you know, we're advertising Google strongly here. It was a video of two people in a pickup truck driving down the road, and in front of them there's a beer lorry. And as they're driving along, they notice that the side of the beer lorry, the door flips open, it, the shutter goes up, and reveals stack upon stack of crates of beer. So these two people start nudging each other, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, here we go. And the lorry stops at the traffic lights, so they pull up alongside it, and the passenger reaches out and reaches towards the beers, and then sort of reaches for the higher beer, and reaches for the, reach, then eventually reaches for the top beer, goes to grab the beer. But instead of grabbing the beer, they grab the top of the shutter and pull it back down and latch it properly. The lights change and they drive off and they high-five each other, grinning, and away they go. And of course, it's one of those, it's that, it's the blind side, but as it finishes, the word integrity just comes up. Mm. And that's, that's for me, that's the integrity. That is, it's that doing the right thing, but demonstrating it. So if, you, if I showed a group of people that, they'd chuckle, they'd smile, they'd nod, and they'd agree. And again, back to Zappos, there's a famous video where Zappos employees are talking about their values. And there's one point where a lady's talking about finding money in a cash point. Mm. And she had that moment where she thought, well, what should I do? And she said, I'm not saying Zappos has made me a better person, but I made the right decision because of it. Mm. And I think that's the thing. It's that you don't leave your values at work and then go home and be a different person. Mm. So done well, you know, we, we, we see societal shifts, which is amazing well, what i loved about that ending of that story about the two guys in the pickup is that they drove away and then they high-fived so they celebrated the fact that the person who had the chance to take a beer did the right thing the other person didn't go oh what are you doing we could have had some free beer they yeah. they celebrated it and high-fived and that's kind of a, a, a nice 
heartwarming and wholesome way to end, I think. On beer. Yes. Beer and values. (laughs) Um, By the way, other search engines are available. Yes, indeed they are. There's some that save the ocean every time you search, as well as my daughter tells me. Oh, it's brilliant to chat. We could chat forever. So let's, let's draw a line there. But if you want to hear more, then let us know. Thank you. Thank you. Continue the journey at www.theculturebuilders.com.